0: What is it all about? It's about being healthier. It's about being happier because I think they go hand in hand. It's about being kinder to each other, being better to the animals and kinder to the planet. And it all stems from what we're putting into our bodies. It's not about labeling it. It's not about vegan or not vegan. Let's just throw that out the window. It's about understanding that the more you lean towards plants, the more you're gonna benefit, right? It's about understanding that the more you Think about what you're putting into your body and understand where it's coming from, the healthier you're gonna be. Every time you eat, you're either fueling disease or feeding health. It's super simple, like you have to
1: make the choice. That's Marco Borges, and this is The Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey everybody, how you guys doing? What's happening? How are you? My name is Rich Roll. I am your host. This is my podcast. Welcome for those of you that are in the East and the North. I hope you are surviving this polar vortex that we're experiencing right now. I'm in Los Angeles. I got nothing to complain about, but it has been raining pretty profusely, which has been kind of awesome because everything is super green. It kind of looks like this, mashup of Ireland meets Kauai. Very unusual for the desert in which I live, but uh, I'm enjoying it. So if you hear a little bit of pitter-patter on the roof, uh, that's just me in my container trying to stay dry through this (laughs) torrential winter downpour. Anyway, got a great show for you guys coming up in a couple few this week. Mark's the return of my good friend, Marco Borges, New York Times bestselling author. CEO and founder of 22 Days Nutrition, the plant-based nutrition products company that he founded in partnership with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, And if you're new to the show, please check out my earlier conversations with Marco. They're great. My first one, 195, we get into his background. And then 271, which is a panel discussion that I did with Marco at the Miami Seed Food and Wine Festival a couple of years ago. Today's conversation is another great one. Uh, we dive into Marco's latest book, which just came out, The Green Print, which is essentially this plant-based blueprint that he has divined and designed to shift your mindset, improve your health, uh, impact the planet for the better, all by following his proven effective guidelines. This guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, and again, that's all coming up in a couple of few, but first we're brought to you today by on i am a total gearhead i love researching the latest technology for the sports i enjoy and i've learned that people often overlook apparel but what you wear isn't just clothes it is without a doubt technology technology that can make or break Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is Okay, Marco Borges, exercise physiologist, founder of 22 Days Nutrition, New York Times bestselling author, plant-based living advocate, environmentalist, amazing human. I could go on and on and on. Uh, For some of you regular listeners of the show, you guys already know this, but I really love this guy. Julie and I have become very close with Marco and his family over the years. He's just, a he is the real deal. This is a guy who walks his talk, somebody who is devoted basically the last two decades, to truly empowering people to make legitimate, positive, sustainable life changes. Marco is the author of The 22-Day Revolution, The 22-Day Revolution Cookbook. And his latest book that just came out is entitled The Green Print, Plant-Based Diet, Best Body, Better World. And the other day I checked on Amazon, it was number two of all books which is incredible. Deservedly so, it's an amazing book, but the fact that a plant-based lifestyle primer is ranking that high on Amazon is just insane. Uh, And you're gonna wanna check this book out. It's inclusive, it's practical, it's accessible. Pretty much a must read if you're looking to do everything from lose weight to boost your energy and metabolism, to reduce inflammation. Combat the Onset of Chronic Lifestyle Disease, Reduce Your Carbon Footprint, this book has you covered. Today, of course, we talk about the new book as well as his new app, the Greenprint app. You might have seen some press around this in the past few days. Uh, It essentially, at the outset, allows you to take this pledge to eat more plant-based meals as well as enter to win Jay-Z and Beyonce tickets for life, which is unbelievable. Uh, You can learn more about that at thegreenprintproject.com. Uh, and we talk about a bunch more stuff as well. Again, I love this man. I'm delighted he's back to share more of his delightful wisdom with all of you here today. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the great Marco Borges. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as well, man. Thank, Thank you for having house, me. Man. So, Appreciate it. So delighted. I know. I think this is you've been on here like four times maybe, three or four times, but it's been a while, maybe like two years since we've sat down and done this. Uh, A lot of things happening since then. Yes, a lot of fun stuff going on. Empire building. No, in your (laughs) world, I mean, you are just out there crushing it. Uh, Greenprint is the new book, it's unbelievable. I checked the other day, it was number two on Amazon, a space that was occupied by David Goggins just prior. You, uh, You guys traded places and that is no small thing. Number two of all books on Amazon for what is essentially a lifestyle guide uh, and sort of prescriptive program for adopting a plant-based approach to your diet and life, Um, which is, I mean, that's for for that idea to occupy the number two spot on Amazon is insane. Yeah. Now it feels
0: absolutely amazing, but I think it's it's really a testament to the time um you know that we're living in i mean people mm-hmm. are just sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah you know, it's a people want to change and, and they realize that uh you know the the old way this obsession with uh you know animal-based protein that we've had for the past 70 years is really not leading them in the direction that they want to go it's not helping them achieve their their goals so it's it's really i think it's um the time couldn't be better, um, and we've had this conversation yeah. you know, plenty of times about how you know, how do you allow people to come into a space without making it feel like you're judging them right out the gate, right? So for, it, for me, it's always been about that. Like, let's have a conversation that's really constructive but, but super inclusive, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we wanted to create. And, and the reality is that whenever you have a conversation and you start it with like, oh, it's a vegan program or it's a vegan lifestyle, people immediately, you know, they're like, right, I'm out. I'm out, tap, you know, tap it's not out. for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I can't do it, it's too hard, um, it's too restrictive, it's too expensive, it's too, it's too, it's too, because it just feels very finite. It feels super, you know, defined. There's mm-hmm. walls, it's, you know, very judgmental. And then you hear about people going plant based, and then they start getting beat up, or you know, going vegan, and they start getting beat up on social because it's not truly vegan, or right.
1: they're still wearing leather, or right. they still did this. They get like, shamed yeah. by that yeah, community because they haven't done it exactly the way that person would like them to do it.
0: But I think that that no one benefits from that.
1: No, right? Because if not. you're
0: truly passionate about the environment, you want people to lean more. If you're truly passionate about human health you want people to lean more. Mm-hmm. If you are doing it for your own you know, selfish reasons, you want people. So, so at the end of the day, it really is about allowing people to define it
1: in the way that works best for them. And fanning the flames of positive yeah, forward momentum absolutely. and
0: movement. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's always been, you know, I have friends that come up to me and they're like, man, I'm really, I'm, I'm really trying this thing. And I'm uh, you know, it's almost like they're coming to me like I'm not going to approve. And right. they're like, yeah, you know, I'm breakfast and lunch, and almost always dinners. And then on weekends, sometimes I'll do whatever, X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, that's amazing. And they're like, really? I'm like, yes, that's that's fantastic. You know, look at where you were before. Look at the direction that you're headed in, that's massive progress. And for me it's always been about, you know, progress. It's not about perfection, right. it's about right. progression. If you get get people to think more about what they're putting into their body, where it's coming from, to become more conscious about, you know, how the food is grown, where you know, how it's treated if it's an animal, and and you really when you start to connect all the dots, you can't help but to want to become super passionate about the space, but but you have to allow people to walk in.
1: Yeah. Right. You have to make them feel okay and comfortable about taking that leap, not afraid that they will be judged or that they will fail or be incapable of living up to some sort of impossible standard. Exactly. And I think there's this sensibility that somebody like yourself or these other kind of icons of this movement made their transition in a magical you know, leap that was... Perfect in every regard and marked by you know, rainbows and unicorns. And there was never a mistake had along the way. And it certainly wasn't my experience. I'm sure it wasn't yours. Not at all. It's not the case with anybody I've met with or worked with or spoken to, or any of the people that perhaps you, you know, look up to as, as examples or models of healthy living.
0: Yeah, no, and it, it's exactly that, right? Like, when I decided that I wanted to do this for myself, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to move away from animals. I had already ditched dairy, and I had ditched eggs, and I'm going to move away from animals, but I was still eating fish. And then one day I woke up, and I was like, man, I don't know how this feels. Something, it just clicked, right? It just one day you just wake up, and it happens. And I was like, hmm, I'm really trying to be conscious of what I'm putting into my body. And I'm really thinking about, you know, how the animals are treated and that's why I don't, cause initially it was just, it was all for health reasons, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, I saw disease all around me. I see like everyone in my family either had diabetes or they had, you know, heart disease or pre-heart disease. And it's like, okay, this is not normal, right? It, it looks like it's normal, but it's really not normal. And it's not- Well, it's been normalized. Yeah, but, but we get used to this standard and we're just like, we accept it for what it is, but- I'm not the kind of guy that just accepts things because they are. Right. Like, if we did that, then I mean, imagine what would you know how we would still be living as society. So we we have to be able to push. We have to be able to 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 stop and say, is this right? Is this best? Is it best for me? Is it best for my family? Is it best for our communities? Is it best for the world? And when I when I started to lean in, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to do this because I don't want diabetes and I don't want heart disease and I don't want all of these. The, all of these other diseases that mm-hmm. I see most of my family members suffering from. And then I started to say, wow, well, not only is it benefiting me, but there's like this beautiful benefit of the benefit, which is that I'm I'm kind of like doing something for, you know, lessening the suffering of animals. And I thought that this is pretty cool that I could actually do something good for myself and I'm also doing something good for the animals. And then it, I took it one step further, but, it had to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So like, as I started to lean in, I, I decided this is something that I, I can't turn back. And then the more I educated myself and the more I learned and the more I saw, because you have to see to really understand Right? like, it, most people don't know where their food comes from. It's just on the plate to eat it and they go about their day. But I, I think that it, you know, it's, it's irresponsible to really live that way because if you did that, then you just put on any clothes you know without a care in the world if it came from a sweatshop or used you know or bought any device without knowing if it was you know something that was stolen or if mm-hmm. it was you know so you have to have there there's a certain responsibility that come with our daily actions and that's where it, that's where it really started with me really coming to terms with the fact that I had the power to affect change with my own daily habits right
1: yeah it's uh it's difficult to come into that sense of personal responsibility though because Uh, and I wanna couch my words carefully, it's important to not shame people out there who perhaps have yet to take that leap of responsibility because we live in a system that is erected solely to prevent us from making that connection. The system doesn't want us taking personal responsibility for those choices. They would much rather have us make our choices based on their recommendations. So you have to be able to cut through all of that Marketing obfuscation just to see the truth. Once you do, then you can say, Oh, I do need to take personal responsibility. But there's a little bit of a journey that has to take place. At least I'm talking about my own personal experience before you can even have that kind of dawning realization. Because so much money and effort goes into erecting walls so that we don't know where our food comes from and we don't know where our clothes are made. And we just think, Well, if it's in the store, if it's in the grocery store, or if it's in, you know, at the mall, like it must be okay
0: yeah it should be good for me yeah but we know better right and and i mean social media um for whatever it's worth has has been able to like pull the veil off of a lot of things around the world right Mm -hmm. it's made the world a lot smaller right so when you look at what's happening and how information is shared today and what is available to us you can't just sit there and say well i don't know any better i didn't know or i now we can Right now right. we're now we're living in a time where we're, we're really able to see what's going on, um, and again, it's not. It's never been for me. It's never been about shaming anyone. It's, it's been about looking at it from a perspective of like, wow, when I, you know. Once I know something, I want to share it with people, right? Like if I find this really great, you know, restaurant down the street from your house, I'm like, hey, have you been to that spot down the street? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I went there. I mean, I don't want to keep that to myself. I want to share. That's that. That's the beauty of life is to be able to share with the people you love. So for me, it's always been about how do I share this in a meaningful way, but without making people feel bad. Because when you start to share your knowledge, sometimes you can come across the wrong way. Like sometimes people feel like you're, preaching to them or that you're trying to convert them and the reality is that I'm just trying to share information to help people live a healthier life because I see I see it I've done this for so many years this is all I've ever done in my life where like I've been in this space for 25 plus years and I and I I'm very very familiar with the way people live their lives and how I mean how much we medicate ourselves how we have to you know take something to get up in the morning, take something to get down at night, you know, use something to, I mean, it's just like, I look at it and I'm just puzzled and I'm like, do people ever stop to wonder if they can do better just by living a little bit differently? And when you see that people take that leap of faith and they go, you know what, I'm gonna give it a try and then they start by adding one plant-based meal a day or by adding two plant-based meals a day or by going all the way in, they immediately say, oh my God, Thank you, right? Like I had no idea. And, and obviously, you know this you know, mm-hmm. from personal experience, but there's no better feeling in the world than to have someone say to you, you helped me take, you know, take control of my life or you helped me change the way that I was thinking or living or feeling by just what I was putting into my body. And there's such profound, I mean, like profound impact by you just taking one extra second to stop and to think, is this best for me? And I, I I tell my friends all the time I'm like man it's really simple, every time you eat you're either fueling disease or feeding health. Mm-hmm. It's super simple. Like you have to make the choice. It can't just be an automatic reaction. Um, you know that we continue to condition ourselves to to just move around because we we don't want to stop and take the time or put the effort into to really consider that we may be able to truly take agency you know, over our health and not you know, delegate it over to someone else?
1: Yeah. Well, we think we want that, but also we're terrified by that prospect because then we are responsible, yeah. right? And a lot of people uh, perhaps aren't ready for that yet. And I think as much as social media has done in a positive way to fuel the flow of information about this lifestyle and other Positive, beneficial ideas for people that are empowering. It also serves to tribalize us, you know, to place us in our respective silos. And a lot of the arguments in the food and health space um, kind of devolve into virtual virtue signaling to our own groups. It's mo- it's most it's not about helping out somebody else. It's about making sure that the group knows that you're a member in good standing of that group and it's become very tricky to have those conversations online without sounding preachy, without virtue signaling, just being neutral and positive and encouraging because it can be like this toxic place where productive dialogue has been thrown out the window. I I see in the health space conversations that are very similar to what I see in the political space. So is that your experience or no? I think for me it's a little bit different uh-huh. because I
0: you know, I, I, I stay a bit away from it. Right. Um in that uh I don't have like you a have more of an arm's length yeah, yeah. relationship with all of that. It, yes. Which and is healthy, it, that's good. I yeah, and it and it's you know, it's by design, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's um I, I love I, I'm the eternal optimist, you know. I, I love to see the good in everything. So I take the good out of that. Like, you know, it could be great for finding you know, phenomenal restaurants, great hotels, you know, cool things to do here, or there. Um, but if you if you go deep into it without understanding who you are or what it is that you want out of you, you could get really lost. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a wormhole, right? So for me, it's, it's really understanding that there shouldn't be any walls. Uh, and, and again, that's the premise of this, right? It's, a, it's not about labeling it. It's not about vegan or not vegan. Let's just throw that out the window. It's about understanding that the more you lean towards plants, the more you're going to benefit. Right, It's about right. understanding that the more you think about what you're putting into your body and understand where it's coming from, the healthier you're gonna be. The healthier your family's gonna be because they're gonna follow your actions. Yeah. Right, My kids, I have four kids and they do what I do. They don't do what I tell them to do. They do what they see me do. Right. right? So if I ate junk food all day and I came home and said, hey guys, here's some steamed carrots. <laughs> what do you think they're gonna do? Yeah. They'd laugh at me. Right. So, but So the reality is that I think that we draw way too many lines we're constantly putting ourselves you know to your point in boxes and little silos and 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 trying to you know uh create tribes around anything and everything that we mm-hmm. do uh, and I, I'm saying we need to get away from that. Yeah. Like we're all one. We're all living on this planet together. You know, we have a really um, great way of always putting lines around everything. Oh, you're in the vegan group, or you're right. in the group that's American, or you're in the. I mean, it's like these are all lines that we've created ourselves. Yeah. Or like we're the most advanced species on the planet. Yet sometimes we do things that are not so advanced, right? Mm-hmm. Like we would never you would never see that in like uh, in the wild, right? But yet we do that on a daily basis uh-huh. openly to each other. And I'm saying, and let's just throw that out the side. And let's, let's just you know love more, let's judge people less, and let's let people come into it in a way that makes them feel really empowered. Because the truth is that you may think you're alone, but 99% of the time you're not. There's other people that are uh-huh. going through the same thing you're going through. You have no idea how many people walk up to me like, man, I never thought I could do this because I, X, Y, Z, And then I talked to this person and I found out that they were doing the same thing. And I'm, I'm now living, you know, 90% plant-based or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I, and I found, you know, what works best for me. And it's only because I allowed myself to not feel like I was confined to that, you mm-hmm. know, standard textbook definition of what I had to do in order to be accepted into a certain group or a certain, uh, you know, uh, um, whatever a category, right? Um, but th- which really makes no sense, right? At the end of the day, what is it? What is it all about? It's about being healthier. It's about being happier because I think they go hand in hand. It's about being kinder to each other, being better to the animals, and kinder to the planet. And well, it all stems from what
1: we're putting into our right. bodies. When I look at it, it's it, 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 it's a lifestyle that checks all the boxes. So if you are concerned about the welfare of the planet. The welfare of the animals, the manner in which we treat these other beings that we share the planet with, if you care about your own personal health, if you care about the health of those that you love, this is a lifestyle that addresses all of those in an incredibly favorable way. And as somebody whose opinion is the truth will eventually out, um, we've seen the incredible explosion and growth of this lifestyle. The adoption rates are massive. People all over the world are are realizing the benefits of a way of living that you and I know quite well. And I wanna transcend this whole conversation about groups and tribes and all of that, but we do have to say at the same time that we are seeing the ascension of this lifestyle. We're also seeing like the low carb, high fat movement and now this carnivore movement that's happening. And I'm sure as a trainer who's somebody steeped in, in, in physiology, people must come up to you all the time and say, well, I know you're doing the plant thing, but like I'm, I'm, I'm getting down with the low carb, high fat thing or I'm doing ketosis or what do you think about the carnivore diet? So it's interesting that you see these counterbalances and these, the, pop, the rise in popularity of these diets that are seemingly um, quite opposite from the plant-based approach that, that you and I are all about.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, you know, the, for me, the easiest thing is we've had this protein obsession for if you look back, it's probably like mm-hmm. seventy, almost eighty years now. Look at high protein, high animal protein, low carbohydrate. Call it Atkins, call it Caveman, call it Paleo, call it whatever you call, th- call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, we have to realize that for me, it's really. It's common sense. Like we can get into the whole, you know, academic side of it and we can get into the research and we could argue and you know, you've got the guys out there, our buddy Joel Kahn, and you know, all the, you know, Dr. Esselstyn and, and the Dean Ornishes. But for me, it's like, let's not even go that far. Let's make it really let's make it about common sense. Because I think that most things in life, when you apply common sense, you realize what it is that you're looking for. The answer's right in front of you, right? Like we've had this obsession. Like, look at it, right? For the past 60, 70 years now heart disease is still the number one killer. Mm-hmm. It's on a rocket ship to the moon, and it's about to be pat, overpassed by cancer. And it's not because heart disease is slowing down, it's because cancer's moving up that much quicker. It's not working. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work. right? It's not going to change. right? And when you look at it, it's like, man, it makes sense. Something that is good for me is also good for the animals it's also good for the planet it's just pure common sense it just feels right that's the only one thing we haven't tried so why not give that a try for just a little while common and see sense what just
1: for, how dare you
0: for just for just <laughs> a little while <laughs> yeah. like we have to try something different uh-huh. right because if you don't change the process the outcome will never change We've got to change the process if we want to change the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like we want to change heart disease, we want to eradicate heart disease, there's a way to eradicate heart disease. Go 100% plant-based. We know it, the data, show, the data proves it, mm-hmm. the research proves it. There's no other diet on the planet that has been proven to not just prevent, you know this, but arrest and also reverse heart disease. It's a, plant, it's a 100% plant-based diet. Dr. Kim Williams said it best. There's two type of cardiologists. There's either vegan cardiologists or the ones that refuse to read the data. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that simple, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when you look at it, you're like, man, <laughs> I mean, we could go back and forth and bring in 100 experts on all, you know, on both sides, and we'd make the argument so compelling on both sides that people would just be dizzy. And that's what's happened. There's so much noise that everyone is confused. Well, is this really right for me? Well, I'll tell you what, what you've done to get you to where you are today has not worked. Are you willing to try something different? Because people always come and tell me, oh, well, you know, I was doing the, how did that work out? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I lost some weight, but then I gained it back again. Oh, my cholesterol went up, but my X, Y, Z... Z, I'm like, did you find what you were looking for? No. So what are you afraid of? Try something different for just a short period of time and see if it works. Because you've got to be willing to do something different if, if you truly want to change how it is that you're living. If you, if you want to take back your health, if you want to reclaim your life, you have to do something different because if it's not working for you, it's, I mean, it's like the person that overspends all the time and then winds up trying to figure out why they're always living check to check. Yeah. It's not that you don't make enough money, it's that you spend too much money. That's the, that's the issue because I know plenty of athletes that have retired without any money and I know quite a few you know, firefighters, police officers that retire and have a million bucks in the bank. It's not about what you're making, it's about what you're spending and the same goes for what you're putting into your body and how you're living your life. If you don't if you're not happy with the outcome, you got to change the process. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that because they don't want to stop to think about it. Right? It takes work. And we've become so accustomed to delegating everything, right? Like somebody washes your car, somebody cleans your house, somebody cleans your clothes, somebody cuts your grass, somebody cuts your hair, Some like all this is you go to the doctor once a year and you feel like if they give you a thumbs up, you're good to go and you just go, how is this person that you're gonna see for five minutes gonna know more about your health than you know about yourself and you wake up every single day and know exactly how you feel? When your elbow hurts, if it rains, why your knee, you know, clicks or what? Like there's, i I'm just saying, apply a little common sense, and uh-huh. you will have the answer to
1: everything. <laughs> it's so simple. people don't want to do the work. they do want to delegate it. They want to hire somebody to either do it for them or tell them what to do as a trainer. You know, look trainers have their place, of course, but there's nothing preventing somebody from going to the gym by themselves or making that dietary switch on their own but I think people really uh, are afraid of being uncomfortable, and that speaks to a malaise about our society in general. You know, a common theme on this podcast is look if you if you want to change your life for the better, then you have to be willing to get uncomfortable and it's not so scary, it's actually empowering. What are you so afraid of? Yeah people are so freaked out by a plant-based diet, they're so intimidated by it they they perceive it as so as so limiting, like you mentioned earlier, uh, but I don't see that same reluctance when it comes to trying a ketogenic diet, which in my perspective is far more restrictive and difficult and specific and narrowing than eating the bounty of plant-based foods that are available to you wherever you go.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's because they see it as a quick fix, right? They don't think I'm going to be eating keto for the rest of my life. They think I'm going to do this for the next, you know, because we've because condi-
1: weight loss is really the motivating that's
0: factor it. behind all of this. That's it, and it and it and that's what makes it so confusing because while while it shouldn't be, it actually should, right? Because that's what actually gets people to do on do something. Yeah, a <laughs> and b. Yeah. while it you may think that it's just you know uh, something that 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 you know is is you know sort of external it is the first symptom that manifests itself outside the body, right? So obesity is, you know, $2 trillion business, right? So yes, we want people to think about living a healthier life and and it's attached, you know, very direct correlation to the Mm -hmm. weight, right? But a lot of times what happens is that we've conditioned people to believe that that a diet, right? The word diet is something you get on and you get off. So like, oh, I could do that for whatever, two weeks. I could do that for three weeks. But there's been, this, there's been this like negative association to veganism or to plant-based because of all of the restrictions for so many years that people don't fully understand what it truly means. Like you could ask a lot of people, like what is your definition of whatever vegan? vegan. They don't know.
1: Yeah, they, one person will say throwing red paint on a storefront window. And the other person will say, you know, growing a garden in your backyard. Exactly
0: not wearing deodorant, you know, like, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, you know, I think that it's understanding what it is, what it can do for you, what it can do for your family, what it can do for the planet um, and what it ultimately does for the animals. And when you, when you think of it that way, you can't help but to stop and say, man, I could do this one meal a day. And that's, that's what I love about what we created with the Green Prince, that we created three different tiers and that we say, look, man, if you, if you wanna go in one meal a day, awesome, that's fantastic. You're, you're t- like, if you divided your day into three meals, that's a 33% improvement. Who doesn't mm-hmm. want that? Mm-hmm. Like, boom, day one, right? Like we could do that. If you wanna go two meals a day, make it happen. If you wanna go three meals a day or go all the way in, we could help you. So the idea is that you start somewhere, but that you start because you can't get there if you don't take that first step. And we're hoping that this will serve as a beautiful guide to help people take that first step in the direction of the life that they truly want to live, not just remain satisfied with a life that they're living and think, well, it's just my genes, or I'm not supposed to be that way, or I'm not supposed to have that, or my dad, you know, heart disease is running my family, so I guess I'm just next in line. It's really about an empowering people with the information so that they can do what they need to do to get where they wanna go.
1: Yeah, the empowerment piece is huge. I mean, I see it as twofold. A, momentum, creating momentum, and momentum creates a cascading acceleration of this sense of empowerment. And I think when you um, kind of scale up and look at our society from 10,000 feet, it's pretty clear that, that in general, we feel very disempowered. We feel like our vote doesn't count. Who you know? Who am I to have an opinion? I can't make a difference. I'm just trying to pay my bills. Like, why even cast your ballot? It doesn't matter anyway. Um, and when you can connect that individual with um, that sense of empowerment through those choices that they're making every day, three times a day, about what ends up on their plate, it really is empowering because it actually does make a difference. Yeah. If you go to the grocery store or to the restaurant and you say, you know what, I'm not gonna get that dairy product or that animal product, I'm gonna get this. The downstream impact of that decision is significant and it's real and it feels good to say, you know what, I did something that was right for myself, it was right for the environment, and I'm just not gonna participate in this system that's trying to prevent me from understanding how it actually goes down. And it involves the suffering and slaughter of all these animals that I've now found out I don't need to be healthy. In fact, that's moving me in the direction opposite from my health goals.
0: Yeah, and, and these small actions, you know, they, they're compounding over time. And it's not just your actions, but it's the actions of everyone else. But I think you hit on something super powerful there, because what happens is when people throw their hands up and they're like, "Well, it doesn't matter. My vote doesn't count." They wind up just moving around without really putting a lot of thought. You know, yeah, it's you're almost reactive like, in your life. Yeah, it's almost like just walking around with blinders and not really truly understanding. You know, the power that you have as an individual to make a difference. Right? Like when you start, and 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 it starts with something as small as. We vote every single day. Like you complain about your vote not counting. You vote every single day with your dollars, with your money. You're voting every single time you go somewhere. You're either saying, give me more of this or give me more of that. But... You're not thinking about it. It's just happening. And you could sit there and you can complain. Or this is the world that I agree with and that I want to see. Yeah. Or Or you could do something about it. And I'm all about, let's do something about it. Let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's let's put this money to work. I'm the first that will say, let's go out and buy organic produce. Because when you buy more organic produce, there will be more produce that's organic. Because guess what? Organic produce needs less to grow than non-organic but the non-organic is less expensive because we make more of it because we've gotten to the point where we've gotten lazy, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think about how the conventional produce started to really come about is by understanding that people just got tired of raising crops that would, you know, need more tending or need more, uh, um, you know, watching after because there was bugs or there was... And, and so, we got to a point where we just became so accustomed to it being conventional that we're okay with that now. And if you're okay with it, then that's fine. But I'm, I'm thinking, like, I want to put my money to work. I want to put my money in a in a place where it's gonna feed my health, it's gonna fuel me with what I'm looking for. And when you do that, you're actively changing the landscape, you're doing something to change the space that we're living in. And you're right, we, we all have to do that because if we do that as a collective, everything changes from the suffering of animals to the quality of the food that's in front of us to the food we get in restaurants. You're like, oh, I, you know, I go, I, whatever. I go to fast food restaurants because it's all there is. Well, that's
1: all there ever will be if that's all you ever right. choose. Right, and meanwhile, fast food chains are adopting plant-based options. Carl's yes. Jr. now has the Beyond Meat Burger. And I think that's something to be celebrated. These organizations are not going Absolutely. away. They're not going away overnight. No. We need to, you know, celebrate movement in a positive direction within the system, disruption of the system from within. And the fact that you can get a vegan burger out a fast food chain is a massive move forward. Yeah, no,
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And I've always been of the mindset uh, that I don't believe that these big corporations are trying to help uh, hurt us. I really don't. They're
1: just responding to market That's demand. It. That's it. If, if everybody junk, goes into Carl's Jr. and everybody orders that Beyond Meat Burger, they're gonna make more of that. They're gonna, they're gonna create more options for that. that. They're gonna crowd out the, the real
0: beef. Without a doubt. If, and th- ultimately, listen,
1: this is how you win.
0: These you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 door um, fast food restaurants that are chains aren't, are not going anywhere. They're not, they're not going uh, to disappear overnight because we stop uh, going to them. What's gonna happen is you say, oh, wait, People are not coming as often as they used to. Yeah. What's happening? Well, oh, the industry is moving towards plant-based. Well, let's offer more plant-based options, and that's exactly what's happening, right? They're they're looking for profits. They're looking for profitability. We have to guide them in the direction that we want them to go. But we can't expect for them to do that if we continue to 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 basically buy into their standard. We have to change the standard from the outside, and we have to do that by voting with our dollars, by saying, no, we're not gonna do that, we're not gonna buy that, we're not gonna buy junk because we know and we understand what it, what it takes to put that together, but more importantly, the effects that it has on my health, the health of my family and the health of, the, of our communities and then more over the planet. So when you start to do that, everything changes. And I think that we've hit a really beautiful tipping point that it's all coming together in a really beautiful way because when you see that hitting fast food, when you look at um, the, you know, the amount of organic produce that you know, Walmart is selling, and when you look at the amount of um, you know, plant-based options that there are today compared to what there was you know, five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, you understand the power and the impact that this has. And it, it's, just, it's growing by the day. I think we just need to continue to guide people so they can continue to vote in in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, even in the last year, it's exploded. It's amazing. Um, And it may sound daunting and idealistic, but I was just in the grocery store two days ago and I was struck by the dairy aisle a couple years ago. Well, 10 years ago, it would be all dairy and then maybe like one brand of soy milk. Five years ago, all right, some almond milk, some you know maybe a soy milk, a rice milk. But what I saw two days ago was an aisle that was about seventy-five feet long, and well over two-thirds of it was plant-based milk options. And then the small corner of it was dairy. So that is a massive change from even. I don't think that would have been the case even a year ago. To see the proliferation of these options and varieties um, doing well enough that they're gonna... occupy I mean, that shelf space at grocery stores, there's a lot of money and science that goes into what ends... You know this as somebody who's in consumer products. Like, it's not random. No. That's that way because that's what's selling and that's what's working and that's what's most profitable for that organization.
0: Yeah, that's what we're asking for. And I think that... most of the big brands are well aware of it. You see the acquisitions. You see them buying into, you know, the smaller brands that are mm-hmm. offering plant-based options. And the Economist, you know, named uh, 2019 the year of the vegan. I don't know if you saw the article I did or see not. That, yeah. And you look at all of the trends in natural food products or the natural uh, markets or even the you know big box, and it's the biggest, most rapidly growing sector is plant-based. Mm. Which is, to me, it's fascinating and it's an amazing, it's a really amazing time um, to be alive because of what's happening in the industry. But it's also a time where we have to be super aware and and empower ourselves with the information so that we don't fall prey to, to junk packaged as... Yeah, it's not, foods, yeah. I right? say
1: this all the time. It's never been easier to be a junk food vegan to delude uh, yourself into at all. In, in, into this idea that you're eating healthy when you're actually just eating a bunch of processed yeah. junk.
0: You may be doing better, but you're better not for doing, the planet, better yes. for the
1: animals, not better for
0: your personal health. No. So and that and I think that people get confused there and they're like, well, at least I'm not. I'm like, well, wouldn't you rather do something that benefits the entire, you know, the whole, like the triangle, you, the, the trifecta. It. That Like, do something that's good for you, that's good for the community, it's good for the animals, it's good for the plants, because, yeah, we could all live on nachos and, you know, vegan melted cheese, but the reality is that wouldn't be so healthy for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot would change. Maybe some things would change, but not a lot. Um, So, it's really about, yes, celebrating the growth of the space, but also understanding that with that growth come a few... You know, temptations um, in the wrong direction because the big brands are obviously going to take advantage of the explosion yeah. in the space, and they can call anything now vegan or anything plant-based as long as it's you know, um, uh, uh, you know, not produced right. with, with any of the animal byproducts. So yeah. we have to be careful, but at the same time, it's a really exciting time because if you want to indulge, you can indulge and never feel like you're, um, you know, like you're going backwards. Yeah. So it's kind of cool.
1: with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Well, listen, Marco, I get all this plant-based thing. I know you, you're a nice guy, you seem cool, but like, you don't get, like, I'm an athlete. Like, I, I need my gains in the gym. You know, I just don't think this lifestyle is for me, buddy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, fortunate uh, for me and for you, there are uh, every day I see and hear about new athletes, um, elite athletes coming out um, that they're on a plant-based diet or that that's their secret weapon or that it has been for quite some time. And, um, you know, we see guys like Lewis Hamilton, we see guys like Tom Brady, you know, we see guys like, um, you know, uh, Kyrie. I mean, there's just so many really amazing athletes that are living their best life that are 100 plant-based right that we know without a shadow of a doubt um, and and don't just don't just take it for you know um, for what is said or because these three athletes look at the academic side of it look at the research right look at how much protein we need to survive and how much more protein we're taking in and what Protein, what animal protein does to the body and the inflammatory reaction that the body has to animal protein and look at the elevated risk factors for the heart disease and the diabetes and the obesity. And when you look at performance and you look at recovery, you know, one of the quickest ways to recover faster is to mitigate some of that inflammatory response, right? So if you wanna train harder, if you want to be able to recover faster, Without a shadow of a doubt, a plant-based diet is head and shoulders above any other diet on the planet. So, again, luckily for us, we now have these beautiful examples that we didn't have maybe five years ago, where people are like, "Yeah, but does it really work?" Because I've never really seen a professional athlete at their you know highest like level, The highest of the high, like and they're the, there right. now. Like you used to have like this one equestrian that was a vegan, right. or this one you know jouster. It's, part of it's, it's
1: new, so yeah, it's, it's so like new. It hasn't an, and and in fairness to ask an athlete, hey, listen, you should adopt a plant-based diet when this guy's like training for the Olympics or he's trying to go pro, like that's a, I mean, that's a risky proposition for somebody whose entire life is ahead of them. And what's on the line is either making it or not making it, getting on that podium or you know, getting the contract. And you're telling them, look, everything you've been taught about diet your whole life might be wrong and you should go this way. Like hats off to the person who actually says, "Okay, I'm going to try that." And I don't begrudge the athlete who says, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to do what, you know, these 99 other people are telling me to do." And I think that's one of the reasons why it's taking a little bit longer for us to see athletes at the very highest level who are performing on a plant-based diet.
0: Yeah. Um you're 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 so right, but at the same time, this is another one of those areas where I say, just apply a little bit of common sense, mm-hmm. because when you look at the most powerful animals on the planet, they're plant-based, right? Like when you look at gorillas, elephants, rhinos, cows, I mean, like, think about it, right?
1: Like everybody horses, That goes back to the common sense thing. You horses, look at these just, huge, just
0: use a little animals. bit of common sense and just think about it. Like so many people tell me, well, but you know, I, aren't I going to be missing? I'm like, when was the last time you heard someone had was hospitalized because I had a protein deficiency? Like, I've never heard of that in my life. Mm-hmm. I've been in the space my entire adult career, yeah. never heard of that. I've never heard of. I I have heard of heart disease, which is not a, which is the exact opposite of a pro, animal protein deficiency, right? I have heard of tons of diabetes. I have heard of dementia, stroke, Alzheimer's, and a bunch of other you know inflammatory mm-hmm. diseases. I have never heard of someone being protein deficient. I have heard of people not having enough fiber in their diet. I mean, it's an $80 billion business constipation and it's and it exists because we don't eat enough plants.
1: Right, so we're it's, fiber deficient. We're, we're not protein f- deficient. No. Protein deficiency, to be protein deficient, you have to literally starve yourself. You have to
0: not eat because all plants have protein. And that's the thing that most people don't realize is that all plants have protein. All plants have at least 14% protein. All, all plants, everything from a blueberry to spinach to a, you know, a macadamia nut, everything has protein in it. So if you, if you consume, forget about the math, don't do any math. If you consume the right amount of calories during the day on a 100% whole food plant-based diet, you will have more than sufficient protein. You will not be deficient in protein. You don't have to go backwards and be like, how many you know, grams per kilogram of, but you don't have to do any of that. Right. It's done. It's, it's almost like nature rigged it. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like finding a really cool packaging for fruit that doesn't like, you know, a banana comes perfectly packaged. You, know, like, you don't need to put cellophane around it, right? Like, you know, I've seen those cups of like, you know, plastic cup with a lid uh-huh. on it with like um, a, an orange peeled and right. the wedges just thrown into the cup <laughs> and then you're like they sure you already know, took the care comments. of that yeah yeah but like <laughs> wait a minute took you took the covering off of it to just cover it back up again <laughs> what the hell's going on here i mean again common sense i know sometimes it's asking a lot of people but don't just assume don't just take it for what people are and, I, and again question everything I'm not I'm not here to tell you this is the only way, this is the absolute best way. I'm telling you, challenge me because when you do the work, when you do the research, you're going to realize that everything I'm telling you is 100% true. Mm-hmm. The more you lean towards plants, the more you're going to benefit. The more your family's going to benefit. The more the planet is going to benefit. The more we're going to lessen the suffering of animals. It's going to be better for your health. You're going to live a longer, healthier life. You're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better. You're not going to be constipated. <laughs> You're gonna get the right amount of fiber in. You're gonna get the right amount of protein in. You know, you're looking at you know, these massive athletes that are kicking ass, doing their best, leaning towards plants and every day. And because I think I'm in a unique situation because I, I'm in a place where I still speak to a lot of athletes and I still get to see a lot of people that are performing at their best. And everyone is, everyone is leaning. There isn't a single athlete that I've spoken to in the past two years that isn't like, yeah, you know, I'm doing, you know, I have athletes that during their off season, they go really, really hardcore, 100% whole food Mm plant-based. And then when they're in season, they may dabble because they're on the road or they have this or they have that, but they're, predominantly plant-based, yet what's happening is that most people don't want to talk about it because then they become the poster child. And they don't want to become the poster child. Yeah, they don't want
1: that. And because the minute they, maybe they change their mind or they do something different and then they get attacked. They have fish one day and they're like, ah, you're you're a
0: phony. And they get attacked and they're like, you know what? I'm going to do me. I'm not, I don't, I don't need to be that guy. I don't need to be the poster on the side of the bus. I'm cool with it. And it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it allows us to look at it from a different lens and, and change the perspective and say, you know what, why is that happening? It's happening because we judge people too much. Mm-hmm. So it was, we, we like purposely moved away from vegan. We purposely moved away from, because we want people to really feel great about what they're doing. I don't want you to feel guilt. Like people, when they're eating healthier, they're like, oh, I cheated today. Well, was it really a cheat or was it a treat? because if you put the power in the word that's i mean it's it can take you in a different direction uh-huh. you think about a treat you're like I deserve this man I've run you know 40 miles this week and I've been lifting 4 days and whatever um you know I biked 150 miles and I felt like I wanted to have something a little extra and you did and it was a great treat and you think cheat you're like oh man now tomorrow I have to do this oh I'm not going to bike to gonna... atone for my sin yeah what what is that right and then you go down that path of you know, destructive behavior. And I think more often than that, that's what winds up happening because no one ever really gains 300 pounds from eating a donut or even eating a box of donuts. It's from the behavior that follows thereafter, right? That guilt, that remorse that sets in that- That eating yourself up. Self-judgment, like, oh man, I did it again. Why did I do that? I can't believe I did that. Why do I keep doing this to myself instead of just going like, oh, well. All right, tomorrow's a new day. The next meal's a new opportunity, you know, to really do it. And let's just keep it moving. Let me dust myself off and let me love myself Mm -hmm. no matter what. Let me keep going. It's really us being so hard on ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to really move
1: past it, right? Right. I can't do this. I'm a failure. See, I told you you wouldn't be able to do it. It's too hard. It's too restrictive. Uh, One mistake. I'm giving up completely. Yeah. You know, when the truth is, if we can be neutral about it, go, oh, that's interesting. Like I planted my face in the haagen last night at midnight. I wonder what that was about. Like, was I feel, did something happen at work? Did I have a fight with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Did, you know, did I become upset? Like do, deconstructing what led you to making that decision is ultimately the education and the information required to know like that signal when it happens next time to choose a better way. It's part of the process.
0: Absolutely. And I think that most people think that success is quite linear. Uh-huh, right? And they they look and at it someone, happens quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's like boom, it's like rich was here and now all of a sudden, shoom, he shot right. to the moon. It, it was a, it was just a rocket to the moon and they don't realize that it was more like like you know, like, you know, an EKG graph, of than it was a rocket to the moon, right? And, 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 and it's not until they realize that there are ups and downs and there are some setbacks, but as long as you keep moving in the right direction, you're gonna be okay. And that's what this is really about. It's okay, man. You may think that it's too restrictive today. The more you get used to it, the more you start to change your behavior, the more you wire yourself with new habits, you empower yourself with new habits to be able to truly live this way that empowers you, that fuels you with health, the easier it becomes. It's one day at a time, right? It's just every single day trying, because the truth is that we're just a collection of habits. Our life is but a collection of habits. You know, you sleep on the same side of the bed every day, you wake up and either brush your teeth before breakfast or you brush your teeth after breakfast. You don't like, oh, one day I'm gonna brush my teeth in the morning, the next day you brush your teeth. It always happens, you know, almost always is kind of exactly the same. And if we can find a way to add new habits, so that we can start to change the behavior because there is no behavior modification without you changing your habits, right? There is no sustainable change without habits. So Mm -hmm. we wanna make sure that we're, we want people to know that it's not a linear graph straight to the moon, that it doesn't happen overnight, but that you have to put the work in to create new habits to really live this life, to really live the life that you wanna live, your best life. Because that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's living your best life. Because if you're living your best life, then you could be the best friend, you could be the best husband, you could be the best dad, you could be the best, you know, whatever,
1: citizen. Yeah. Mastering new habits is the key to the new life. And it 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 does require a level of discomfort that most people are afraid of. And there are things that can be done to like mitigate that discomfort by mastering tiny little, you know, changes over time. Um, but I would just encourage people to like embrace that discomfort and that challenge. It's part of what it means to be human, and it's okay. You're not going to die. You may feel a little weird for a couple weeks at most, but once you master one of those new habits, it becomes rote. In the same way that you brushing your teeth doesn't cause you stress or anxiety, it's just something that you do. You know, both of us have been plant based for a very long time. Like, I really just don't think about it that much. And it's not like people think, oh, you're going out of town. Oh, the planning, you must, there must be days of planning trying to get ready for being in a different city. And it's like, no, it always works out. I know, you know, it's like there's a couple things that I can do. It takes no time whatsoever. I've never had a problem. It's just not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think about it either. Um, you know, it's funny because when you, when you look at, um, you know, all of the benefits of a plant based diet and then you couple it with intermittent fasting, which we've done, um, uh-huh. and you think about how much, and that's one of the cool things that I love is when you start to think about intermittent
1: fasting, you think about how much we eat and how often yeah. we eat.
0: And I was so like, Marco,
1: you're flying from Miami to LA. Like, what are you gonna, uh, how are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Like, what are you, what are, you can't eat the food on the no, plane. No. What are you gonna bring with you? Listen, like, I can't like, tell you how many dude, times it's I- it's five hours.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. Rich, I can't tell you, and yeah. I'm sure you see this, right? I'm sure you've seen this a million <laughs> times. Like, I can't tell you how many times I jump on an airplane and the minute the plane takes off, people start to like, because they've been conditioned, uh-huh. right? Like it could be one in the afternoon, it could be nine o'clock at night, it could be eight o'clock, it could be seven o'clock in the morning. The minute the plane takes off, people wanna eat. They feel like they have to be eating because it's like, they're gonna die. It's like they're on the, this, this deserted island and if the food doesn't come fast enough, uh-huh. they start to panic and I'm like, and then and then people ask me like, you're not eating? I'm like, no, The the, the I don't know, the plane was at whatever, 11 o'clock, I had breakfast at You know, five in the morning at my house, or six, or whatever. You know, whatever. Uh I had breakfast before. Like, I'm good. And the flight attendants are like, they're so worried about you. They're like, they come and bug you, yeah, every five minutes. Are you sure you're not going to eat it? Are you sure I can't get you something? Are you sure (laughs) I can't? And they're so sweet and they're so kind. But the truth is, is that because people panic, and I'm like, think about it how often during the day we're eating. And it's like, when you, when you eat, you have, your body has to digest it. So your body's always working, it's always an overdrive. And I, lo- I love to tell my friends like, imagine going to the dealer and picking up like, what's, what's the coolest car that you could think of? You wanna buy a Ferrari? Okay, imagine buying a Ferrari, turning it on, and then getting in the car and just putting the foot on the gas lightly and going and just leaving it on there forever. Like, that's our, those are our bodies, we're constantly eating. And then we have society telling us, oh, you gotta eat six times a day. No, no, you have to eat eight times a day for your metabolism to be really revved up. Well, your foot is on the gas. If you don't let that car rest, you're gonna blow that engine out. And it's like, that's what we do with fasting. We allow the body to do its housekeeping. You just stop eating for 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours, whatever amount of time you want, even if it's 10 hours. Just stop for a second. Allow your body to do what it needs to do to take care of. Because imagine if you had someone taking out you know if, if if you were somebody was putting a garbage bag in front of you and you took that garbage bag and walked it outside to the bin and then came back inside the house and there was another garbage bag there and you gra- grabbed it and you took it back and put it in the bin and every time you came inside the house there was another garbage bag there when would you ever really be able to pick up the house or take care of any you know nicks on the wall or you know scrapes of paint or pick yeah. up the kit you could never you couldn't ever do anything except for just grab that garbage and take it outside because that would Consume all of your time. So I'm saying, stop putting the garbage bags there. Stop eating for a certain amount of time every single day, and let your body repair itself. It does wonders.
1: I'm, I know you do it. I mean, it's like, how does it feel? It's, it's, the empow- it's empowering. Yeah, it's empowering to realize, like, hey, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to. First of all, I don't need to be eating as much as I'm eating. I don't need to be eating, you know, all day long. Um, and then to like feel better to test yourself in that regard and, and come out the other side actually feeling better with a little bit more mental clarity with some enhancements in your sleep, et cetera. I mean, downstream, there's all kinds of benefits and the science is only becoming more and more robust on, on why this is advisable to do. Um, but what does that protocol look like for you? Like what is your practice?
0: I love to do minimum, minimum 12 hours every day. Uh-huh.
1: At the very least. And then I shoot for 16. So you finna- you, you're you somebody who probably is done eating by like 8 o'clock latest, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. the latest. And right. I, 8 o'clock would be like if I took in Saturday, Friday and Saturday, let's say, into consideration because right. we went out and we ate something. But we typically eat earlier, like, you know. So whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Six, 30, seven. And then... And then I won't so eat no, the So no till.
1: breakfast. So then you're not eating until like two or three in the afternoon the next day. If I go 16 hours, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So what I'll do is I'll wake up and then I'll go to the gym. I'll work out. Um, I'll go for a run, go lift. And then I come back, shower, shave, change, do whatever I have to do, go to my office. And then 16 hours have gone by. You don't even have to think about it. Honestly, you, you, you think oh my God, 16 hours without eating, you must be starving yourself. By the time you eat, you must be. And the exact opposite happens. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to you? Like you're almost not hungry you're when not you go hungry. to eat your yeah, next yeah, yeah. meal. You're not hungry. You don't feel like, and in the beginning, Marilyn would be like, oh my God, how are you gonna do that? You're you're probably gonna wind up losing weight. I didn't lose any weight. Everything was fine. I, I've been fasting on a regular basis for years. And that I would pick a day of the week or I'd pick, you know, a couple of days of the month, but it wasn't on a regular basis. And then, you know, in the last couple of years, I really kind of just kicked it up a couple of notches. So it's and
1: basically every day then you're doing yeah, that? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, every day. And so I'll,
0: I'll finish eating at a certain time and I'll wait at the very least 12 hours. But I'm, uh-huh. I'm pushing... My standard is fourteen, and then there's some days that I can get to sixteen if I'm not too um, busy or whatnot. And what are the positive benefits that you've experienced, just in you know, kind of anecdotally with your health? I, you know, what I've seen in myself and what I've seen in the you know the my friends and some of the clients that I've used it on is that you just feel this heightened sense of um, awareness, energy, clarity, focus. Um, You just feel better. You feel lighter. Um, your, your, your skin starts to feel better. you you almost feel like any little nagging pain, any little thing that you had going on that might've been something that you didn't really put a lot of thought to, but it was kind of there and you just kind of learned to live with it. It's like, you're like, Oh wait, that, well, you know, okay. my, you know, when I start running my, you know, the back of my right, you know, crest is not, you know, kind of tender anymore for the first 30 steps. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like, Hmm. So it's one of those things where you feel the effects of it immediately, um, and it's all just like your body's rested, like you're really taking care of yourself in a in a good way. And then obviously we've seen all of the science behind it, and you know yeah. the the um, the benefits on longevity and on telomeres, and you know um, you know kind of turning on telomerase and all of the stuff that happens to promote um, you know sort of anti aging, if you will, right. inside the body, which is. Fascinating to me um, because I, we all want to live forever, right? Of course, so yeah. Like, you know,
1: you do whatever a, you can. I had uh, Walter Longo in here yeah, talking about he's all that stuff, a rock star. so it's pretty Love crazy. Work, yeah. it's amazing. Have you tried his fasting mimicking diet protocol? I, I haven't tried his protocol. I actually I know Joel was at a. Com- yeah, he
0: did. Yeah. I was at a, and I saw Joel there. I was at a convention at an anti-aging convention uh, in Vegas. A couple of. Uh, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. No, it was more than a couple of weeks ago. I think it was in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was there. He gave a really great talk. Um, but I haven't tried um, his particular um, food. But when I think about, you know, how he put together that protocol and and what it entails, I mean, I, I do it all the time, right? It's so, basically what you're already doing. Yeah, your version of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's my own sort of um, uh, 16 hour yeah. uh, modified fast, um, and then I'll. Uh, but I do love. The science that's coming out of that space of you know picking the five days and doing this you know eight hundred calories or whatnot, I, I, I love it and I I can't wait to see more. Um, and the the space is right now exploding, so I can't to see I can't wait to see more of that right. stuff really come to the surface.
1: So, as somebody who's worked with a lot of people one-on-one individually over the years, um, what what is one of or some of your favorite Kind of transformation stories of of people who have really, you know, grabbed on to the to the to the leash and run with it, and dramatically altered how they're living. Um, there are a lot of stories because,
0: uh, I mean, I've been in this space for quite some time, time. But I think my favorite has to be uh, my buddy Raymond Garcia um, that you um, kind of you're uh-huh. kind of know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of know him. Um, he was a guy that um, was the kindest guy, nicest guy in the world, absolutely brilliant. Um, we met sort of in the publishing world. He was the publisher of my first book. I actually right. published all my books. And um, I was always kind of just nudging. And the, for my friends and the people that know me know that I'm not the kind of person that is like, you know, on top of you like a drill sergeant every day, but I am like that drop of water on top of the head every like the Chinese torture like every time you see Uh me I'm kind of just like I'll pull you to the side and I'll say hey you know I think that you really should consider whatever it is that I think you you know could use help on and he was just like morbidly obese and I was always kind of pushing and nudging and um, one day he woke up in the middle of the night with uh, palpitations and he was sweating he didn't feel good he was nauseous and he started he went on his computer and he started googling um, his symptoms and everything you know what happens when you google a symptom Uh, it's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me of like Arnold in the movie when the kid is like Uh, you have a tumor he's like I don't have a tumor I have a headache (laughs) you know remember that was kindergarten kindergarten Kindergarten, cop yeah there you go And uh, and it was kind of like that. He's like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I've got you know heart disease. I've got this. I've got that. And he's just like panicking. He's literally like in a cold sweat. He's nauseous and he's just staring at the screen, <laughs> calling you like, at two in the morning. No, no. Yeah, it, it actually got worse before I got better. And he's like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe I let this happen to my life. Oh, how did I do this? And then how old is he? He was uh, thirty. 35 right. like 34 35 and then um he six super successful brilliant guy at the top of his game but if you saw him you would be like wow this guy's a bum like this he's so overweight he's sloppy yeah you know most people think about people when they mm-hmm. see them so overweight they're like he doesn't care about himself mm-hmm. he doesn't care about life and this guy's like one of the most brilliant guys you'll ever meet and his while he's sitting there thinking oh my god i can't believe this his screen just goes to dark because he's not touching the keys anymore. And his screen just blanks out. And he sees in the reflection of the screen, his son walking in the room. And it's like three in the morning. And he turns around really nervous. And he's like, hey, buddy. And he's like, hey, dad, are you okay? And he's like, man, for the first time in my life, I realized that I wasn't okay. And I, and, I, and I felt terrible because I lied to my son. And I said, yes, I'm okay. Go back to bed. And I took him to his room and I put him to bed. The next day, he was like, That's it. I've got to do something. So he goes, he calls his mom and his mom connects him with a cardiologist who happens to be the head of cardiology at Columbia University. And he goes to see him. And um, he tells him, well, you've got hypertension too. By the way, there is no hypertension three. So if you have a heart attack, you'll probably be dead. Um, You've got prediabetes. You've got this. You've got this. And he just goes on. And he's like, here you go. And he just writes him three prescriptions and sends Mm -hmm. him on his way. And he's just, he's, imagine this guy is in his 30s and he's like, what the? I was just handed a death sentence. Like, I got three prescriptions. Like, when does this end? Like, how, how long do I have to take these for? What do, he had so many questions. For your life. Yeah, exactly. And he goes home and he immediately calls me. And, and he's like a super upbeat, always fun, like really joyful guy. And, and I can hear in his voice, he's like, my phone rings and I see it and I pick it up. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, do you have a minute? And I'm like, yeah are you okay and then he started to tell me what was going on and i'm like man you're my brother like do not take those prescriptions and fill them you're going down the you're going to be on the the wrong side of the track Mm -hmm. like hold on to them put them in your dresser drawer today 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 you need to start living 100% plant-based, not a meal a day, 100% plant-based. You need to do this for the next 22 days. And I promise you, you're going to be in such a better place that you're not even gonna think about ever filling those prescriptions. And he's something, we had a, this was an hour conversation. I just condensed it for you not to bore you, but um, somewhere along the way, he was like, I'm in, I'm in. You don't have to tell me anymore, I'm doing this. In the first 22 days, I could tell you that he lost 22 pounds, which he did, but in the first 22 days, his hypertension, completely gone. He dropped like 30 points in his cholesterol, Mm. pre-diabetes, no symptoms. All of the things that he was feeling, completely gone. In three and a half months, almost four months, he lost almost 80 pounds went back to the doctor again the last time. And the doctor, he walks into the room and the doctor's like, oh my God, those prescriptions work better than I thought they would work. It's, yeah. wh- what is, and he says, doc, I, yeah, I to be really honest with you, I never actually filled the first prescription. Um, and he goes, you didn't? And he said, what did you do? He says, I went on a 100% whole food plant-based diet. And he says, wow, isn't that a bit radical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh And then he, you know, you know, did the blood work and the whole thing, and then realized that he had, he had always had inside of him the power to to make himself feel the way that he wanted Mm -hmm. to feel, and he was only in a place for a temporary period of time. What happens a lot of times is that we feel like because we've gotten to a place that it's where we belong, that we have to be there and that we'll remain there forever, Mm -hmm. and we get so lost in the chaos and the noise, and then so scared with what the potential outcome could be that we are like, oh my God, I will take this this cocktail of drugs for the rest of my life and I'll never skip it. Not knowing that more often than not, it actually does more harm than it does good. So it was really, for me, it was really something that touched me in a very special place because, I mean, it's been five years now or maybe more and he's kept all the weight off. He's still 100% plant-based. That's
1: the thing. The, the fact that he's been able to maintain it and sustain it, like no, that's the whole game.
0: No, he, and, and he's a super smart guy. So he immediately was like, man, I have the keys right in front of me. If I go back to the doctor with an issue, it's only because I no longer care right. to take care of myself. I no longer care to do what I need to do. And I'm basically handing over my health or my life or my lack of health to someone else, but I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna do it again. And again, it wasn't a perfect road for him, um, he stumbled a couple of times and he called me one day and was like, man, how do you feel if I you know, introduce fish into my diet every once in a while? I'm like, man, do whatever works for you. You've already seen the outcome of going 100% plant-based. Now so it's up to you. Play with it as you Yeah, will. do whatever you think. And he'll be the first to tell you, I'm 100% plant-based, but if on a you know occasion I go out to a place and someone says, oh, you have to try this, whatever cheese or what have you. And he says, I'll try it. But for the most part, I'm 100% time-based because I know what it back. does. Yeah, yeah, I know what it does for my well, health.
1: Well, in his case, his change, that change was fueled by a couple things, pain, desperation, uh, and also on some level accountability to somebody who knew what they were talking about, yourself, right? So he had a little bit of a support system with you and he had that sense of desperation that he was at a tipping point in his life. How can we get people to have that same adoption rate and sustain it long term who perhaps aren't coming from that pain point or are just like hey man you know I know I can do a little bit better than I'm doing I mean I know in the book you've got you've got the twenty two laws twenty two laws for the world's most powerful diet um, so what it, it's really psychology as much as it is anything else it's not about like here's the science or the facts or the proof or the why, it's about trying to tap into what truly motivates people and catalyzes sustainable behavioral change.
0: Ultimately, yes, that's exactly what it is. And, and why I created the book in, I broke it into laws mm-hmm. is because again, it's the psychology of it, right? Yeah. I wanted to get to, I wanted to help people understand the different Uh, The different ways that you can think to be able to arm yourself with the habits to live a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, there's a law that's, you know, eat more, weigh less. And there are simple things that I want people to think about. Some of the things you'll use on a daily basis, some of the laws you'll read once and you'll never need again because you'll just get it. Um, But eating more, weighing less is is really simple. You know, plant-based foods have a much higher nutrient density and a much lower caloric density than animal-based foods. So in essence, you're going to eat a lot more food with fiber because fiber can only be found in plants, not in animals. So you're going to be full longer. You're going to feel satiated, but you're actually going to be taking in fewer calories. And people get that. They're like, oh, okay. There's no vegan or not vegan there. It's just simple. The more plants you eat, the fuller you're going to be, the more fiber you're going to take in the fewer calories you're going to take in. So if you want to lose weight, if you want to drop some fat, if you want to feel better, eat more plants. There's another one. Perfection can be the enemy of progress. And that is something that hurts so many people because we talked about it, right? Like no one ever gains weight from Mm -hmm. eating eight single donut. Mm -hmm. What happens is that we get into our heads and it's really about... So, So to your point, yeah. The idea is that it's... You're saying it's somewhat, you know psychology. It's almost all psychology. Because if you can't get it here, the, the habits you're wiring are up here. You have, you have to create those habits in your mind to be able to live this life. To be able to do anything, to be able to show up to work on time, to be able to perform at your best, you have to be able to condition yourself here in order for this to happen, right? Because this controls this. So if you can give people these laws to live by, I think that once you understand them, you'll be able to apply them. And once you
1: start to apply them, you start to create these habits that will yeah. sustain over time, right? But Marco, you don't understand my life. <laughs> you know, I got I to get up at this time. I got to get my kids to school. I got to do this. And I'm barely you know, able to pay the bills as it is what you're talking about. It's gonna take up too much time and it's gonna be too expensive.
0: It, not only is it not more expensive, it won't take up more time. So in the beginning, You know, it's like a room is a disaster and you just keep taking clothes off and piling it and it just keeps piling and piling and piling and every time you walk in, you're miserable because the room is not the way that you want it to be. That first time that you have to pick up the room, yeah, maybe it takes a little more work. But if you condition yourself to taking off your clothes and folding it and putting it away or putting it in the hamper, it will always remain the way you want it to so that instead of always living in that miserable state, you're living in a state of bliss and it's easy because you've conditioned yourself to, you've programmed your, your habits, your environment, your actions to give you the result that you're looking for. It's not more expensive. You and I both know that. I, I'm tired of hearing people say that it's more yeah. expensive. By the way, nothing is more expensive than medicine. Nothing is more So you're either gonna give it to Whole Foods or you're gonna give it to the natural food market or you're gonna give it to the doctor and the pharmaceutical yeah. companies. It's it's really that simple, but it's really Intellectually not Intellectually, that
1: makes sense, but that those long-term ramifications, are don't always motivate people but what's more expensive it's theoretical to most people
0: what's more expensive yeah. you know every time you you talk to someone that's eating uh, that still eats meat they're like no no but mine is grass-fed and it's massaged and it's you know that's free of expensive. hormones and fr- meat is expensive period when you go to the grocery store look at it look at how much fish cost and look at how much lettuce broccoli beans and quinoa cost It's a lot cheaper, it really is a lot cheaper. Now, if you want to hold on to something, because we love that, right? we we love to be able to hold on to excuses so that you're like, well, you know, I'm not gonna start today because I don't have the money to join a gym, I don't have a chef, I don't have, okay. If you're looking for excuses, you will always have plenty of them. But if you want an opportunity to live your best life, you gotta just jump on it, it's on you. It's not more expensive. It, it really isn't. You go to Whole Foods, you go to Winn-Dixie, you go to whatever grocery, Kroger, any grocery, 7-Eleven, go to any grocery store you want. You compare the price of meat compared to the price of vegetables, it's not more
1: expensive. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. When I go into that break room, though, and there's that box of donuts sitting there, Marco, man, I just, I just can't help it
0: yeah you know why are you going into that break room to begin with, right? Like <laughs> why are you putting yourself in that position when you know that there's nothing good for you there? It's the only joy that I get all day long. then there's a deeper issue <laughs> that we need to address but the, but the reality is you know the there's there's the great you know amazing uh, work that um, has been done in the power of habit um, and mm-hmm. when you look at the behavior that got you to the break room and you analyze it, you realize that it really wasn't the donut that you were looking for, but rather maybe you were bored or you wanted just some social interaction or you just wanted to walk around. So you again, you program yourself to understand that every day at 2.30, three o'clock when it's like between lunch and the time for me to go home i go in that break room and i just have all the wrong things Mm -hmm. and i feel terrible you know after maybe it wasn't that you wanted to go into the break room and have a snack maybe it's just that you wanted to go and talk to you know rich down the hall you know five cubicles away or you wanted to go downstairs and just get some fresh air and go outside for a couple minutes or go outside and call someone and just say hi to a friend and catch up with someone for a couple of minutes because i think that we very quickly realize that we have, will get that much more joy in doing something that is good for us than in doing something that isn't. Because for the first three seconds that you're eating that Oreo, you feel great. But what happens thereafter, right? Regret, remorse, you feel like crap. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why do I keep doing this to myself? But if you just get up and walk past that you know, break room and you walk down and see, you know, Mark down the hallway and you're like, what's up man? How are you? What do you, you know, what's going on? What are you up to? You just catch up and shake your legs up, go back to your desk, you'll realize that you accomplished what you needed to accomplish without feeling like shit afterwards.
1: We live in very strange, interesting times because all of these things would have been just a natural outgrowth of how we live our lives, you know, 200 years ago. We're moving all day long, we're eating food that from the land that we tilled ourselves we're living in communities that are closely knit. All of these practices that we're now trying to get back to mm-hmm. that were just part of our heritage and natural. We didn't have to try to do any of these things, but now we live in a world of, of distraction and abundance where everywhere we look, there's foods that, want, that, are, that are terrible for us that are going to kill us. There are devices that are highly addictive, that are distracting us, that are isolating us, that are moving us away from our communities, that are making us feel lonely and depressed. And we have to actually uh, take, we have to really live our lives with great intention and discipline and diligence just to take care of the basic aspects of what it means to feel grounded and human and connected and healthy. It's weird. Yeah, yes, <laughs> you it's know a, what I mean?
0: it's, a, it's incredibly weird but at the same time, you know, there's been an explosion in the past 100 years in technology, right? Which yeah. is amazing because it's provided so much in such a short period of time. Like there's been more growth in the last 100 years than there were in the last sure. 5000, right? But with that comes a certain level of responsibility and understanding that we can't allow the technology to guide the way we live our lives. We have to use the technology to live our lives. We have to use it to enhance our lives. We can't use it in a way, or we can't allow it to, to take away from the quality of life. And I think in many cases, because we're not used to so much technology, we allow it to get the best of us and it's actually not enhancing your life, not making your life more convenient or more efficient, but actually making it more difficult and and taking away from the health that we're looking for. So. Yes, you know, it's it's weird, but at the same time if you stop to think about it, it's quite simple. Right? Like you don't have to be a uh victim of technology. Technology can help you, yeah. but it can also hurt you. I mean, a, a perfect example of that is social. Right? Like you could use social for good or you could use social for, you know, for feeling terrible about yourself. I mean, it, the choice is yours. Um but the the technology is not going to slow down. It's only going to keep going faster. And it and it it's kind of terrible in a way that we're getting so much so fast because we're not used to it and we don't know how to handle
1: it. But the reality is, it's on us. Like,
0: how are yeah, you? Yeah, it use is on it? us.
1: We have to take responsibility and exercise discretion and discipline around it, or it will dictate how we live. It is dictating. We, yeah. So how we, people we, live. we are living reactively. We're taking our tips about how to live from these devices and these technologies, they're controlling us as opposed to us controlling them. And right. I think that's a problem that's only gonna to continue to accelerate. Oh,
0: without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think in the next 10 years, we're gonna see more than we've seen the last 100 years. But again, it's, it's you know, forewarning for what's coming ahead, right? So yeah. you have to be, we have to live more consciously than we've ever lived before. We have to be, we have to live with more intention than we've ever lived before. I mean, I, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago when they showed me an avatar um, that is, I don't know if you've seen this or if you know about this, there's like avatars now that have social pages. You aware of this? Oh
1: yeah, no, I de- yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there was I a, that Japanese it. guy who like I wanted to get engaged away. to like a cartoon character or an avatar or something like that. No, it was like news? an
0: avatar that looked like a real human being mm-hmm. that's getting modeling gigs and is doing oh, yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah, yeah, of yeah. stuff on social. It's got a massive I know a following. That, I, know, I know, millions of people.
1: About. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting weird, man. I told you I'm, it's weird, right? I'm, I'm just saying it's, we like, live in strange times, but we know this,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So we have to live. I mean, very, very consciously, we have to be fully aware of everything we do on a daily basis and we have to take the technology and use it to enhance, it's it's really that simple. I mean, we have four kids, as you know, and um, most of their friends have um, social pages and they have devices and they have numbers and all that stuff, and for us, it's really, they don't know any better yet, so we have to be those gatekeepers for them, right? So Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that they know about it and they are exposed to it and they understand it but it can't dictate their lives yeah. and i think that we've gotten to a point where in many cases it dictates people's lives it, and it controls their emotions on a daily basis yeah every single second of the day it's controlling kids emotions today that's really sad where i was i forget who i was talking to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about you know when we were in school if you had an issue, it was you know from seven to two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was done, and you got home, and everything yeah.
1: was cool. Yeah.
0: Now that issue is perpetual. Yeah. Which is unfair, but we understand that it exists now, so we've got to do something to either mitigate it, to eliminate it, or to learn how
1: to live with it. Mm-hmm. Well, learning how to live with it, because when I think of your boys or my kids, um, you know, these are this is being being skilled in this universe is important. This is the language Without uh, doubt. You know, uh, with which we, you know, are gonna navigate the world. So the solution isn't to just avoid it altogether. Like yep. you have to be not that you simple. Know, fluent in this language if you're gonna survive and thrive. Um, but it's that balance of knowing when to put it down and, and, and understanding and appreciating the fact that they are so highly addictive. Like you have to respect that fact and not deny it if you're gonna create kind of healthy boundaries around it. And I say this as somebody who's, has a very addictive personality and have my own challenges with creating those boundaries for myself. That's how, you know, I'm aware of how powerful this is. And so when I see my daughters, you know, using it, it's, you know, you it's like, you really have to be intentional about it. And you create habits around it. I'm sure you've yeah. done
0: it, right? Like you say, okay, I'm only gonna, Check in at this time and do this for this period of time. And you do it for a living, so it's different for you, I think, than for most people. But you could argue that you could really get caught up in it very quickly because of your personality, because of what you do for a living and the world that you exist in, right? So the relationship that you have with all of your viewers, your listeners, your fans, your friends, people that love you, is it, it exists there. Right. So you can't completely detach yourself from no, it. No, but, at but the same I have time, to
1: I have to be able to put it away. And have I have to actually use software programs that disconnect my devices from the internet to prevent because I don't trust myself. Those are great. I love that. <laughs> like but, that's freedom, great, you know, but that's a great But that's a one. that's
0: a great way to to program like a you know a habit into your day that you don't have to think about. Right? Mm-hmm. Like at a certain time, right. whatever, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, your Wi-Fi goes off, right?
1: Yeah. Because it's, it, it goes back to that issue of living intentionally or living reactively. Mm-hmm. Are you living in defense mode where you're responding and reacting to things uh, like a pinball machine, or are you being mindful and intentional about what it is that you're trying to create and achieve? And that demands quietude. Yeah. And that quietude requires that you cut yourself off from what's really just distraction and static noise. No, yeah. I, by the
0: way, I think you've gotten really, really good at that because um, I've written you a couple of emails over the past couple of years that, I, that, I've, got, <laughs> that I've gotten those quick Whoa. responses for. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, Rich, what's up, bud? Yeah. I was just thinking about you. And, like, I send, and then one second it's like, uh, if you're getting this email, I'm buried under books and trying yeah, yeah. to catch up to like 7,000 emails. I probably won't get back to you. So, um, Good luck, peace and Plants. I turned that, <laughs> that autoresponder <that's> <laughs> off. I think I'm gonna turn it
1: back on. Um, I mean, email is like, I mean, it, I can't even, my inbox is a disaster. Yeah. And now text messaging has become the new, the new email. Yeah. And then for my team on the show, we have Slack. So it's like, you're getting pinged like mm-hmm. constantly from all these different Platforms like all day long, and you're you could I can feel my anxiety like ratchet up, and it's like I got to take control of this.
0: No, and and the, what's worst is that I think people have become conditioned to, um, because it started off as something fun. Like I'm like hey, and I expect you immediately to go hey. Right. You know, because I either know you got it, or you know I got in it, and it creates a lot of for people. It creates a lot of anxiety because right. it's like, oh, if somebody doesn't get back right they didn't get away. Get back then then to me. Into it, what, what happened? You, they right. read into it. and I'm like, man, just stop. It's, you know, could you, I know. May, for a second, like believe that maybe they're busy, or they're they're not feeling well, or they got something going on, or they saw it and they they forgot. How many times hasn't it happened that you open a text message and you're like. About to respond because you you have the time right that second and then something happens and you forget and then you ten more text messages come in and you don't see that first yeah. one that you opened and it's just it's gone it's done. gone it's gone I just had it's this conversation with
1: Julie the other night I'm
0: like, like you never text Why me back
1: can't you mark a text message unread. Because I'll read it and I'll be like, I don't have the answer to that you right can't. now. And I don't respond. No, you can And then it just, 20 more texts come in and I'm like, well, that's never but getting it's on purpose.
0: to. But it's on purpose, right? So that we stay connected to it. We stay <sighs> attached to it. I mean, so you think they haven't figured that out at, at Apple? <laughs> oh, God, but you can't no. unread a, yeah. I would love to be able to. And then, and then you get to the point where you're like scrolling to make sure you didn't forget and offend someone you know, with a text message, it's just, it's just too much. Right. I mean, it's just really, and then you can't live you you can't really live intentionally to your point you're like hey, you're, you're living present. reactively you're not you're not you can't sit at home with your kids and you can't have dinner with Julie because you're wondering did i miss
1: something Did i oh, did i'll, I'll not be out get running i'll be out running and then something will ping into my head like oh some guy i didn't text back from like 10 12 days ago you know and then i'll have all this anxiety like oh my god I didn't get back to that. I didn't get back to Marco. Marco. Are you still there? Marco texted me like two weeks ago. and I didn't respond. And then I'm like, I'm such a terrible human being, you know?
0: No, but uh, you know, and and I think that we all have to understand that we all live in that same space and we're uh-huh. sharing the same devices. And it's about just, again, it's about just practicing kindness. Like, if I text someone and they don't text me back, I'm like, oh, whatever, yeah, they're busy. Are busy. No big deal. Ours. The the, the wor- I think, the worst is like WhatsApp because you get to see the the check marks and then people immediately know that you're online and that you saw their text message. Oh, I didn't
1: even know that.
0: Yeah, and and then it, and again, it's that that behavior. But luckily for me, people know that I'm kind of slow to respond to text and uh-huh. and and uh, well, you got to train email.
1: people. If you get if you respond right away to something, then you're creating an expectation that you're the guy who gets right back. To be honest, I haven't done it, I haven't, I haven't been that good at doing it on purpose.
0: It really wasn't deliberate, it has never yeah, been no, deliberate. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just like you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm always, you know, uh-huh. I always have something going on, and then I obviously have four kids, and there's just you know, only so many hours in the day, and you want to take care of what you you know, what matters the most and what's really important. You know, at, at a certain point you have to disconnect so that you could spend time with your family and the people that you love, yeah. because we do all this because we wanna be able of course. To do more of
1: that, yeah. right, so. Well, on the subject of what matters most and, and uh, what's most important, um, I wanna talk a little bit about how we scale these ideas that are in your book and all the work that you do for the benefit not just of people who can afford to buy these books or have the free time to indulge themselves, but for everybody, specifically those that live in food deserts, in urban areas where these ideas are not part of the daily conversation, where accessibility to organic or healthy foods is more difficult, and budgets are severely constrained. So how are we going to penetrate the communities that actually really need to hear this the most. And as somebody who works with, I mean, you work with Jay-Z and Beyonce, I'm sure, you know, this is a conversation you have all the time. And it's, it's certainly something that, that I know is important to you and certainly important to them.
0: Oh, no, without a doubt. Um, and for me, it's really about, it starts with raising the awareness, which I think we've all done as a collective really well. And we're at that point where you know, you you just witnessed the the you know the, uh-huh. what used to be the dairy aisle. I don't know what they call it anymore, but that aisle, right. um, the refrigerated drink aisle, I guess. Um, and it's happening, right? So I think it's understanding on a personal level where you are. Where are you today? And it's really simple. You don't. I'd love it if you bought the book, but you don't have to go out and buy the book, right? Commit to eating one plant based meal a day. Start with one meal a day. One plant-based meal a day. What does that mean? What does that mean, Marco? It doesn't mean going to a fast food restaurant or going to an expensive restaurant. It literally means exactly that, eating one plant-based meal. What is one plant-based meal? It could be a dish with quinoa and some beans and some steamed broccoli. It could be a brown rice bowl with some sweet potato and some sprouts over the top. It could be super, super simple. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be satiating. But start with one meal a day. If you're living in a food desert, maybe you want to grow your own food. And I know that sounds like a crazy idea. But how important is your health to you? And you have to start there. How important is your health? How important is the health of your family? We have to start somewhere. Right? And it's unfortunate for some people that live in, you know, geographical locations where there aren't the options that we may have like here or in Miami. Um, but the reality is that we have to surround ourselves with the tools that we need to succeed. We can't just wait for it to land on our lap. You're not going to just sit at home and wait until they open a Whole Foods down the street from your block. If you're waiting for that, you may be waiting a long time. So for me, it's really about understanding that it's really simple. First, it's understanding the power that there is in a plant-based diet. Understanding that there's no right or wrong way to do it. That the more you lean towards plants, the more you're going to benefit. We've got, I think that we've got that covered. I don't yeah. think that there's a question about that anymore. I really, I truly don't believe that people are questioning whether or not a plant-based diet is good for you. I think that people still may question if it's too restrictive or if it's too difficult or too expensive. And I think that you and I may have hit on a couple of points today that might should shed a little more light today. So now it's about, okay, how do I put this into practice? Start with a meal a day. How do I get that food to start with that meal a day? If you live in a location or in an area where there's natural markets, great. If you live in an area where there's CSAs or you could belong to some sort of a co-op where you could get fresh produce directly from farmers, do that. If you are in an area where there are no farms near you, where there are no great uh, natural food markets near you and the supermarkets are non-existent, then you may want to consider growing your own food. And it's really not that difficult. We're actually growing some stuff at home now as part of a project for the kid's school. It's really not that difficult. And when you get into it, you realize that there's something profoundly powerful about understanding what goes into making the food that you ultimately eat that goes in your body. And when you have that connection with the food, you have such a deeper appreciation and understanding for what it takes that you're way more conscious about what you're going to be putting into your body. Not mm-hmm. just that day or not just for that meal, but for the future. So I think it there isn't a single solution, but I think that if you look at it in sort of that frame of mind, really understanding the why and then getting to the how, Right. And then, more importantly, continuing that how by wiring yourself with the right habits or the right, putting the right laws into practice so that this is sustainable over time. I think that you have a winning formula. Um, and, and, and the truth is yes, there are some people that live in, in food deserts, but there, there are a lot of people that don't live in food deserts that are still not living this way, that have no mm-hmm. excuse. And it might, be some, it might be more difficult for some people. And it's unfortunate
1: but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. Yeah. Budget wise as well, if you just buy a giant sack of rice and a giant sack of beans and a giant sack of potatoes, you're 70% there and that costs almost nothing. You're done. Compared to meat, and you—we were just
0: talking a little while ago. You were playing, you know, <laughs> devil's advocate, saying, "Oh, it's too expensive." You just real—it's not more expensive. It's actually less expensive, and it's better for you. Not only is it less expensive now, it's going to be less expensive to your future self, which isn't going to require all those medications. Mm-hmm. So, we have this—we have—we've—we've we've conditioned ourselves to doing this. You know, we love to cook food with our kids, we love to cook with the kids, we love to juice with the kids, and you know, the boys are always got their hands on everything in the kitchen. So we'll take a couple of days a week that we'll make a bunch of stuff and we'll just put it in the fridge. We'll make a bunch of rice and we'll make a bunch of quinoa and we chop up um, some greens, some greens you can't chop ahead of time because they start to you know um, oxidize, but um, we'll make some beans, we'll make five or six different types of beans, and we just have a bunch of fresh avocado on the counter and some tomatoes and whatnot, and that's it. And the minute we wanna eat, it's like five minutes when you have a meal. Yeah, it's then the healthy,
1: the healthy option is always at arm's length. So yes. you're never tempted to make an errant choice.
0: Right, you don't get home, oh my God, I'm dying. What do I yeah. eat? Yeah. Order a pizza. Postmates. You have it. Yeah, You have it there. And it, takes, it takes longer for something unhealthy to get to your house than something super healthy made at home that you know, what's, you know exactly what's gone into it. So you have to make it easy for yourself by putting the work in. The only way to make it easy is if you put the work in.
1: What is the number one thing you think that, that people get tripped up on? Not understanding the power in now.
0: Start right now. The next meal is your next opportunity to move in the direction of either health or disease your next meal. What is your next meal? Is it lunch? Is it dinner? Is it breakfast? Choose wisely. That meal has the opportunity to create a cascade of effects that will enhance your health much more than you could ever imagine. But right now is the time there's something super powerful of right now. And a lot of times with people, they get tripped up on like, man, I I just need to learn more. I need to do more. I need to really dig into this. I need to see the science. I need to see the (laughs) data. It has to become cool. It has to be mainstream. Meanwhile, they're taking a cocktail of 17 pills (laughs) a day. We're still, something like 4 billion Uh prescription drugs were, 4 billion prescriptions were written last year. And that was the equivalent of like, you know. I think it was 12 or 13 for every man, woman and
1: child in the United States. (laughs) Crazy. It's very similar to to the parlance of recovery, right? This idea of being in the now in a, they call it one day at a time, Mm -hmm. right? So somebody will come in and only an alcoholic, you can say to him, look, on the one hand you can like, die a miserable death or end up in jail or kill somebody or kill yourself. Or you can be happy, joyous, and free. Like you just have to do a couple of these things that are just a little bit inconvenient. What do you wanna do? And the alcoholic will be like, I need to get back to you on that, right? And it's very similar to this idea of being paralyzed when presented with the healthy choice versus um, continuing to do what you know doesn't serve you. And I think what happens is in the same way if you tell an alcoholic, look, you know, just just let your head hit the pillow tonight without a drink. All you have to do is worry about today or right now or what are you doing in the next hour. Um, the alcoholic will say, Yeah, but I'm going to this bachelor party in Vegas in, in three months. Like, there's no way I'm not gonna be able to drink yeah. at that point. You get caught up in this future of that. Similarly, hey, you know, just don't like you know, go to McDonald's today. Like, how about just eat rice and beans and go to bed? We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, but I, I'm going to a wedding in Vegas in three months and like, they're gonna serve this and they're gonna have cake and I gotta eat the cake. Yeah, you know, It's like, let's deal with that in three months. You don't have to worry about that right now. The more you can root yourself in the now, what's your next best choice? And I think the important, what's been very helpful to me in in really conceptualizing that is, to understand something you alluded to earlier, which is there is no stasis. We like to think that things are pretty fixed. Like mm-hmm. I'm cruising now, it's all good. Like yeah. I know who I am, um, but that is a complete illusion. Every choice that you make, every conversation that you have, every meal that you eat, anything you take into your body, every idea that you uh, you know foster in your mind is either moving you in the direction of becoming a better person or a healthier person or regressing you back. There is no stasis. And I think when you can really connect with that, at least for me, that was helpful in helping me be present for those choices as they arise.
0: Yeah, and to your point, um, with the analogy you made um, about the alcoholic, food is the most widely abused addiction on the planet. Absolutely, And the worst part of it is that while a friend would not give you a drink if he or she knew that you were an alcoholic, I've seen many, many, many times where a morbidly obese person is at a party, at an event, at a function, and they're handed a cupcake, a piece of junk food that they should not be eating. They're like, oh, come
1: on. It's not going to kill you it is gonna kill you because it's conflated with emotions like love I care about you I was thinking about you and that's what makes it so confusing
0: but if you're living in the now and you stop to really think about it do you really love the person that you're handing that to if you know that they suffer from this wretched addiction that's Mm -hmm. killing so many people many more people are dying of heart disease than they are of you know um, drug abuse or alcohol abuse so what is it what is it that why is one different than the other why is it okay to say to someone that's struggling with their weight and their health it's okay to have this one cookie with me and it's not okay it's taboo to say to someone you would never say to a friend that was an alcoholic let's go hang out at the bar and drink water while i you know tequila shots you'd never do or oh, no. forget about that you never offer them a tequila shot so why why is one okay and the other one isn't when the other one is way more damaging and taking way more lives than this one so i think we have to stop and really think about it because you know like you tell people you have to be in the present to really enjoy it like you really have to live in the now to to enjoy your life and they think they're living in the now but they're really not living in the now it's their illusion of them li- of them living in the now that is causing them not to be present in what it is that they're supposed to be doing sounds yeah. kind of crazy though yeah, right? yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean i follow you no I, I i'm with you man i'm with you so it's like where where do you start how how you start what, right now and then exactly now. <laughs> exactly
1: where do you start it's easy right the second the next yeah meet, but i can't do it right now because i got a, I i gotta, I gotta you know, I got a meeting tonight and I got to go do this thing and maybe tomorrow.
0: What's the priority, right? It's sitting down and just writing out your goals, your priorities, what your priorities in your life are.
1: How dare you, Marco Borges right? tell me how to live my life.
0: <laughs> it's, you, when you write it down and you're able to visualize it, mm-hmm. you can create actionable steps to get there. If you don't have the discipline to write them out, and to try to create a hierarchy of priority, it it would be impossible for you to achieve that task. I mean, you, when you're going to train for a race, you get with your coach, you guys figure out what the training program is going to look like. You have a protocol for for how you're going to get where you want to get. You don't just
1: wake up and say, I feel like this.
0: Okay, I'm going to run 10 miles today and tomorrow I'm going to, you know, do some uh, Olympic lifting and then the next day I'm going to swim. It, it doesn't happen that way. There has to be some sort of order and uh, structure for you to achieve your goal in the most efficient manner. Because you could argue that maybe you could get there, but it won't be as efficient as it could have been mm-hmm. or as enjoyable as it could have been if you had done it um, the right way. And yeah. in and, and the right way is really what matters most to you. You are okay. You have a meeting tonight, and you can't start today. No problem. So when can you start? And then when you start that conversation, you really start to think about it. You're like, how many times haven't I spoken to someone that says to me, "Yeah, I want to start, but man, I've got a trip next week, and oh, my birthday's coming up, and I don't want to commit to something just to break it for my birthday, and I don't want to." There's always. That's called the most common thing. It's called life. Life
1: is fluid. It's not. It's never going to line up to not. make these things convenient for Oh,
0: everyone. my God. I can't believe it. I am listening to this podcast, and I just happen to be starting on my vacation tomorrow. And by the way, I just inherited $15,000, and I just moved one block away from a Whole Foods. That's not going to happen. Right. If you're listening, and that just <laughs> happened to you, call us the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the truth is, it more likely than not, it's not it's not reality. You have to make it work. We all have to make it work for ourselves. And you know, some things might be easier than others, but you have to just figure out what's most important to you and just go after it, mm-hmm. right? And and going after it means like taking that first step. That that first step is the most important. The the most important. It's the thing only that thing. You can do it's the only thing there is. Because without the first right. step, there is no second step, right? So,
1: you asked me what's the most powerful thing? It's now powerful Marco Borges. Thank you, brother. Green print. So, um, in addition to the book, which is amazing. Um, it's beautiful too. You guys thank did you. an incredible job. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's gonna help a lot of people. It's super powerful. And, and what's great about it also is it's just, it's so accessible. It's You can read it, you can completely understand, you can open it up to the middle, to the recipes or whatever. And it's just, it's very to the point, And it's very, um, it's, just, it's just digestible, right? You can read it, you get it, you're like, okay, I'm on board. But in addition to the book, you also have some other stuff coming soon, right? Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, there's some fun stuff yeah. um, coming. Um, while we can not talk about most of it, we have this tool that we're about to drop that I think people are gonna be really excited to see mm-hmm. because it'll allow you to really visualize the impact that your daily choices have, um, not just on you, but on the planet. And I think that the more we get people to really understand about you know, how this small little thing affects everything, the microcosm impacts the macrocosm. Yes, yes. And, and vice versa. Yes, it, it, it's all connected. We're all yeah. living on this planet together. We're all in this together. Your success is my
1: success. My success is your success. And the more that we can evolve out of our perspective, our, our zero sum game perspective, I think we'll all be happier and more content and more productive and more cooperative. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Your your success has nothing to do with my level of success. If anything, your success begets more success for me. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's uh, in perpetual motion. And is there, well, there was a, this is kind of out, right? Like you have, there's a documentary that you guys are working on. Yeah. Can you talk about that or no? I mean, there, I say that only because I saw yeah. a couple articles about it. Yeah,
0: so we we have, um, throughout this process as we we're creating the green print, um, we realized that there was this, amazing opportunity but also more importantly responsibility to share it with the people that need it the most through their lens and um we were we um we did a i don't know if i ever
1: when shared you, that when you, you say we is that you jay-z and beyonce or a team of yeah, people behind yeah, you or? exactly uh-huh. so um we decided that we um
0: that we wanted to not just share the information, but share, share it in a manner that, that really spoke to the people that needed it the most, because there are, yes, there's a, plenty of people that are living in food deserts. And there's plenty of people that live in inner cities that have yeah. um, you know, 15 liquor stores in a three block radius, but have no natural food markets. And that have little bodegas with you know a bunch of packaged potato chips right. and canned goods, but have no health food whatsoever. And there, there's, something, um, there's something wrong with the system, right? There's something really wrong with a system that in many areas um, is set to lead people down the path of failure. And we have to change that. And, and it's not until we all understand that we are all part of it that we can change it together and that it affects each and every one of us that it that it won't change. So mm-hmm. So for us, it really was about, okay, understanding that, it started with something as simple as like, I want people to know that every time they eat, they're making a decision that has profound effects, not just on their health, but on the health of the planet. But there are some people whose decisions are more difficult than yours. And when we started to have that conversation, it was right around the time where we we're doing our um, clinical trial with Holy Name Hospital in New Jersey. And I don't know if I shared that with you where we where we took a cohort of 300 people and we, we actually took a group of 300 people, split them into three cohorts where we had a vegetarian group, a standard American diet and a vegan cohort. And, and the benefits of a 100% plant-based diet over the course of 22 days, 60 days, 90 days were so... Vast mm. that we had to almost eliminate the standard American diet from the control and 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 base our results on the comparison between a vegan diet and a vegetarian diet I mean just just in LDL, which is your most dangerous right. cholesterol in twenty two days we saw reductions of forty percent Wow, comparing the vegetarians to the vegans we're, we already eliminated the meat mm-hmm. so it was such an eye opener for so many people in the medical community that we decided if these people don't know about this, what are the people that are living in the inner cities thinking? How are they going to be able to help themselves if when they lean into an establishment that is supposed to help, they don't get the help that they need or the information that they need to be able to move in the right direction. When we saw that, we realized that there was an opportunity for us that was, you know, far greater than just writing a book. It was really a responsibility to share the information with as many people as possible, through the medium of a book and through the medium of a documentary. Mm-hmm. So we started filming the documentary mm-hmm. um, the middle uh, towards the end of last year, um, and we'll do it through this year, and we'll hopefully bring it um, out at Con next year. And we'll, oh, cool! Yeah, we'll we'll see how that. That's how the, exciting, how the man. process goes. You know, it's a yeah. it's a long journey. Those are long um, yeah, but, it's a long road. But it's a but it's a really um I think it's really needed um from this perspective because when you have a conversation with someone about eating healthier and you're standing inside of Whole Foods, you're missing a big pi- a big yeah. part of the picture. Right. So it's no it's no longer about just telling people to what is it is it organic broccolini or conventional broccolini while you're standing inside of Whole Foods when someone's never seen a Whole Foods in their entire lives. So it's really about getting to the core of the problem and then trying to solve the problem from that point.
1: This is the most important thing, democratizing, not just access, but education around these ideas.
0: And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, democratize health. That's, that's a beautiful goal, my
1: friend. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate. Well, it. Cool, well, cool, you. I think we did it. <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> this you. is. I think this is that's the best great. podcast that we've done. Yeah. How many we've done? Like four of these, right? I think. I this don't know. Is the best four. Three. This four? is good.
0: This Powerful. Is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Super. Thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing, and you continue to do. Oh, thank Every you, time man. I talk to someone, they're like, "I love Rich Roll." Oh. I'm a, I can't tell you how many people I meet that tell me they met me through Rich Roll. I'm like, how so? They're like, oh, I heard you on Uh, (laughs) Rachel. Which is amazing. So thank you. Thanks for all the stuff you're doing, man. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you for saying that. Uh, I will receive that. That's one of my things for 2019 to be able to like is normally like I deflect or I minimize and it's like, I will receive that. Thank you, are you. Amazing. I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> you are amazing and you're inspiring well. so many people. I mean, you cannot even begin to imagine the amount of people that you inspire on a daily basis. I told you on the drive up when I was texting with Michael and he says, oh my God, I love Rich. Tell him I said, what's up? Tell him I love him. Yeah. I mean, every well. time I come into contact with someone that is dabbling or is 100% on board, I can tell you that nine out of 10 times it's because of something that you've done that that has inspired them directly to want to take control of their lives. And that is something that you should not take lightly because a lot of people owe their lives and their health to the work
1: that you're doing. So thank you, man. Well, it's really cool. Thank you. Now I'm getting uncomfortable, but uh, I will receive that. Receive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love you, man. I love you, man, so much. Uh, you are a force for good uh, and much needed in this world. I love your positive you. energy. I, you. I, I I, think of you as a mentor, not just in business, but in life and in parenting, how you conduct yourself in your public life and your personal life. Uh, is inspiring to me uh, as thank a parent and, and as a family man, like you're just beautiful through and through, and I wish you only the best and the most success. Thank you. In thank this, you very much. In this, uh, this mission, this laudable mission that we're both on. So thank yeah. you for sharing with me today. Let's keep having fun. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, pick up Green Print, available wherever you buy books, keep an eye out for the documentary. Uh, and we didn't even talk about what's going on with 22 Days.
0: We're having fun, yeah. trying, you know. Trying to provide products that people need to keep moving in the right direction. We'll do it. Yeah, you know, we're not doing it in the conventional um, CPG way. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not the traditional consumer packaged goods company. We want to, and, and it's kind of crazy because when I created it. You know, it was really about right. creating a platform to help people, to, to inspire people. Yeah, the to, products to were people. just
1: kind of secondary to yeah. this being more of a content play and an education play. Yes, yes. And, but I mean, obviously we are a business, Yeah. but I mean, I think, I don't,
0: I don't need to tell you, you know where my heart's at. I mean, I, I just wanna help people live a healthier life. And if someone is on the other end listening to this and they're now inspired to go have a healthier you know, meal, the next meal that they eat, I'm elated. Right. It just makes my heart shine because that's at the end of the day that's what I do it for. I want people to really live their best lives because I love life. I love people. I love being around. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend a few weeks ago. He's like, "You really would want to be." To live 200 years, we're talking about all the guys in uh-huh. Silicon Valley that are saying they're going to live to be 200. Right? Yeah, 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 they're
1: getting injected with yeah. the blood of young people. I'm not doing that, that kind of but
0: but 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 <laughs> yeah. but you know, I would I would all love right. to stick around as long as possible. Are you kidding me? I want to be around to see my kids get, grow really old and be really happy and have amazing families, and I just love living. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being around forever. I mean, I, if I could do it, I absolutely would do it. My friend was like, no, nah, you'd get bored. There would be no reason to live. I'm like, nope, speak for yourself, <laughs> buddy. I wanna be around forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so back to 22 days, it's, it's really about continuing to provide products that inspire people, that move people. And again, always being as clean as, as possible, right? For us, it's a commitment to, you know, always being plant-based, always being organic, you know, always being non-GMO and and making products that that help people not just formulating for fad or formulating for label copy wow, that doesn't interest me whatsoever i'm not formulate reverse engineering to get to a certain margin and you know people look at me like i'm absolutely nuts cuz i do what no one else in this space does but for me it's really important that i make products that are good for people that are truly good for people that are game changers you know that 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 feel good for me to know that my friends are consuming them not be like oops, like okay you know <laughs> yeah. i want to be proud of it you yeah. know my kids go home and they make shakes and they're like oh we just made this amazing shake after you know they're playing a lot of tennis now which i'll, I'll share with you later but um you know after their workouts they are making smoothies at home and i just feel great about it yeah. and it just feels so good knowing that they're putting the absolute best possible foods into their body there's It's just priceless.
1: Yeah, it's great. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan. It's the only uh, product line that I use in terms of supplement powders and the like, and the bars are fantastic. Thanks, man. As somebody who spent a lot of time training and has eaten a lot of bars over the years, most bars, (laughs) I just can't eat, I can't do it anymore. You know, it's like (laughs) no more bars, but your bars are super tasty. Thanks, I love them. And super nutritious too. So, fantastic. If people are listening to this and they wanna connect with you, what's the best place or way for them to do that? Mm 22daysnutrition.com or our Instagram
0: is 22daysnutrition across all socials. So we're pretty um, quick to respond, except if you text me.
1: Yeah, de-
0: de- 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 <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Are you I'm pretty uh, good at that
1: also? Are you um, <laughs> are you doing any public speaking stuff around green print and the, yeah, the we've, book we've been. I know you're doing tons of press right now. We're doing
0: a yeah, a couple of weeks of uh, touring for the book, and then we're going to do some stuff back in Miami. Then we'll be back here um, to do some things. We'll do something in New York. So we'll keep you posted. Cool. cool. Yeah, is you'll there some place
1: on the website where if people want to if it's public and people want to come out and yeah, you if
0: you go to 22daysnutrition.com forward slash book, you'll you'll get all the info there and update you on what's going on and where we are and where we're going to be. Awesome. Thanks, right, man. How man. How you I appreciate feel? you. Feel good? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> good. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, come back and talk to me anytime.
0: Thank you. All I right. appreciate that. Much love.
1: Peace. Love you, man. Plants. We did it. It's done. It was good. What a beacon of light and positive energy that man is. I wish I could just clone him and then carry him around with me for inspiration throughout the day. Ah, did I tell you I love him? Hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Please make sure to check out his latest book, The Green Print, Plant-Based Diet, Best Body, Better World. Also, head over to thegreenprintproject.com, take the pledge to eating more plant-based meals, and enter to win Jay-Z and Beyonce tickets for life. Uh, Let Marco know what you thought of today's conversation by hitting them up on Instagram or Twitter at 22 Days Nutrition. And speaking of taking this pledge to eating more plant-based meals, if you're struggling with trying to figure out how to actually do that in a very functional way that fits within your lifestyle, you might take advantage of our Plant Power Meal Planner. Thousands of plant-based recipes, all customized based on your personal preferences, We also have unlimited grocery lists. We integrate with grocery delivery in most cities. We have uh, an incredible team of expert health coaches on the ready to answer all your questions seven days a week. And it's all available to you for just $1.90 a week when you sign up for a year. That's like one drink at Starbucks. So to learn more and to sign up, go to meals.richroll.com or click on meal planner on the top menu on my website. If you would like to support the work that we do here on the podcast, Tell your friends about the show or your favorite episode, screenshot it and share it on your favorite social media platform. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and you can also support the show on Patreon at richroll.com forward slash donate. I wanna thank everybody who helped put on the show today. Jason Camiolo for audio engineering, production, show notes, interstitial music, Essentially he is uh, helping out in a million different ways behind the scenes. So thank you, Jason, for that. Blake Curtis and Margo Lubin for video and editing. Jessica Miranda for graphics. DK for advertiser relationships and theme music as always by Analemma. Thanks for the love you guys. I will see you back here in a couple days with another amazing episode. This one will feature female ultra athletes two women who have completed Epic Five, Danny Grable and Mel Urie. Super fun, really loved my conversation with them. I think you guys will too. So until then, be well, treat yourself well, eat well, love your friends and neighbors. What else can I say? It's simple stuff, you guys. All right, peace, plants. I'm out, namaste.